we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome, welcome, our wonderful audience. This is Peter Bregan, Dr. Peter Bregan. I'm a psychiatrist, and this is Ginger Bregan. Hi, folks. And uh, <laughs> the light of my life. And um, we're here today on America Out Loud Pulse, which we uh, can be heard on every Thursday at 5 o'clock. We get together. You don't know what we're going to say, or we don't know what we're going to say. Um, but we are about truth. And, and our guest today, Dr. Lee Vliet, is an MD, um, a really good doctor. Uh, she has her own uh, private practice uh, in preventive medicine. She's a specialist in hormones, hormonology. And she is the CEO and the president of truthforhealth.org. Uh, put that down somewhere, truthforhealth.org. It's one of the few organizations I bring up on the air and recommend people go to for the latest in um, what's happening in medicine and the latest in what to, to do in response to COVID or long COVID. Preventive treatments. Preventive treatments of all kinds. And... Um, she has uh, been really her whole life, like me and Ginger, been devoted to uh, speaking truth to power and to, uh, you know, just being there for people as a clear voice. And today we have asked her to talk about a very, very tough subject, depopulation. And uh, I really want folks to, to keep listening. Don't say, oh, my God, depopulation. Um, you cannot understand what is happening in the world today if you don't understand that for probably uh, pre-civilization on to this day, since we started living in civilizations, in groups of people in towns and cities, there have been those among us who have thought there are two many of us. And in particular, they think that those people from a different class in their own mind who aren't the elite, there are too many of us. And if you can't accept, if you can't listen to this kind of evil, you will not be deprived really of understanding what's going on. Because in everything I have now learned in the last three years there is no way to explain the release of COVID-19 on the world, followed then by the uh, uh, so-called vaccines, which are not vaccines. And then with the discovery that behind all this is uh, actually a lot of influence of the Department of Defense, which is actually uh, not just about defense, of course, and without grasping this and thinking to yourself, what is going on? Without understanding that since 
civilization began, there have been enemies of humanity who cloak themselves as monarchs, kings, queens, and now doc doctors. So uh, with that heavy introduction, um, I really want to introduce to you Dr. Lee Vliet. And would you like to, um, uh, Lee, uh, add, uh, Dr. Vliet, add anything to that? No, Dr. Bregan and Ginger, it's a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate your kind introduction very much. But I, I will just add one point that I want everyone to understand. The COVID shots have dramatically adversely affect every organ in the endocrine system. And, and that's not something people hear a lot about, but that's been the foundation of my work in medicine going back to 1983. So really 40 years of working with the connections between how all of the organs of the endocrine system and the reproductive hormones from the ovaries and testicles affect every organ in the body and every aspect of our health. Most doctors are looking at one body part and one specialty focus like the heart or the brain, but they don't look at the fact that hormones from all of the organs affect the heart and the brain and women's estrogen affects heart function, men's testosterone affects heart function, but mostly it's looked at as they just affect reproduction. So it's critically important to understand that because the known damage to all of the endocrine organs was from the COVID shots was known 20 years prior to the, the rollout of the shots. And it's all part of the big picture you painted at the beginning with the design to reduce human reproduction, human fertility, and reduce the world population. So what we're seeing with the COVID shot damage tied in with the chemicals in the environment that are endocrine disruptors is all tied in to the beginning of the entire eugenics depopulation agenda. So that broadens the importance of what you're saying about why we have to understand where it began to understand why there's a cover-up of the damage with the shots. And that cover-up is worldwide. We just did a discussion today with Member of Parliament Andrew Bridgen in the UK, who has been exposing the absolute known cover-up of the damage from the Pfizer and Moderna shots that the MHRA regulatory agency in the UK did not disclose to Parliament the government or the public, and, and it's everywhere. So with that, I'll, I'll stop and let you ask a question. <laughs> well, I, I think that it's the, you're mentioning here the, the effect of the uh, health agencies, and there has been a systematic effort by Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and by the uh, people who lead the EU and the World Health Organization <clears throat> and the United Nations, the United Nations, <laughs> these groups and agencies of government have really been captured. And that's one of the things that's going on, folks, and why you can get such bad information from the CDC, the FDA, 
the NIH, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, all of these places work together on providing the information they think you need. And that information is coming down, not from the federal government or the president uh, or anyone that that um, with that potential for power. It's coming down from the people who are above the nations. These are- unelected globalists who have decided that they know how the planet should be run and how many people should be on it and exactly who gets to survive and who doesn't and um, exactly uh, how the various nations are going to be told what to do and they will fall in line and do it. Oh, that's exactly right. And I think we, I think it would be helpful to go back to where this began. Yes. And the term is eugenics. Now, some people will have heard that term and others may not, but eugenics means a set of beliefs and practices that claim that their goal is to improve the genetic quality of the human population. In other words, those who espouse the genetics principles and the eugenics principles decide that they are worthy of being God to alter the design of the human genome and improve the genetic quality of human beings. Now, we understand that that's false, but that's the premise. And the historical means of doing this so-called improvement of the genetic quality of human beings is by excluding people, in other words, exterminating people that don't meet their standards, and groups of people who are judged to be inferior and promoting those that are supposed to be or judged by the elites to be superior. Now, many people think that Adolf Hitler in World War II with the Nazi experiments and the extermination of Jews and the purifying of the German race to create the master race or the Aryan race. Many people think that Adolf Hitler invented this eugenics movement, but he did not. It actually began in America between 1900 and the 1920s and 30s. And it was Margaret Sanger in America who led the eugenics movement And she became known later as the founder of the taxpayer-funded Planned Parenthood. But Planned Parenthood was a name used to hide the true agenda of the eugenics movement. Now, I've studied Margaret Sanger extensively. And if anyone bothers to look at her quotes, they're easily available online. She is on record in speeches and writings as saying that her goal was to exterminate, this is a quote from one of her speeches, exterminate Negroes, Indians, veterans, and mental defectives. She made no bones about the fact that she, and in fact, in one interview I listened to from Uh, the archive of her work, she told European women in an interview in the UK 
that they should stop having babies altogether for 10 years because her beliefs were that Americans were superior. Now, in addition, she is on record describing the goal was to reduce the birth rate in these unwanted groups, Negroes, veterans, American Indians, there weren't as many, there wasn't as much focus on Hispanics at that time. But her goal was to use, and and these are her words from that era, Negro pastors need to be used to promote the message of family planning among Negroes so that they won't suspect our real motives. And if you look today, I did an editorial on this about seven years ago, that 85% of the Planned Parenthood facilities are in low-income minority neighborhoods, and 85% of the abortions in the United States, which are now running close to 70 million since Roe v. Wade was passed in now fortunately overturned but we're looking at a planned movement to reduce birth rates and human beings in these minority populations particularly blacks and hispanics that was where it began she was the one who influenced adolf hitler and led to the Nazi experimentations and the Nazi Holocaust. But, you know, Dr. Bregan and Ginger, what many people don't realize is that this whole dark agenda of Planned Parenthood has been covered up by the very Democrats who claim to represent these minority groups. They know exactly what the founder of Planned Parenthood wanted to achieve. And yet Hillary Clinton, for example, is on record as praising Margaret Sanger as such a hero and such an enlightened person with her beliefs. We've got to look at what the real history of Margaret Sanger is all about. But that was just the beginning of many efforts over the years since the 1920s and 30s and since World War II, what a lot of people don't realize is that the escalation of the chemicals in the environment, herbicides and pesticides and plastics and a lot of the uh, polychlorinated biphenyls and dioxins, furans, atrazine, a whole host of them. I've listed all of this in a book I wrote it's come on, it's my ovary stupid 20 years ago. <laughs> and this was based on all of these chemical toxins. They are environmental persistent organic pollutants and endocrine disruptors. Another name for them is gender benders. And you can begin to see why we now have all of this gender confusion going on and the transgender movement. That's a whole separate topic. But that began, people don't realize the pesticides and herbicides were actually based on German pharmaceutical research on nerve gases for World War II. And these were developed as as bioweapons. And now these chemicals have been spread into the soil, water, air, and foods 
with agricultural use worldwide since the 1940s after World War II. All of them are affecting human fertility. We've been watching over the course of my time in medicine decline in male sperm camps worldwide. We've been watching decline in fertility, particularly in a lot of the countries where these herbicides and pesticides are used. So all of that was vastly expanded. And then in the 1960s and 70s, particularly in America, where we were the world's leading producer of soybeans, and they needed to find a market for it, there has been a vast expansion of endocrine disruptor food additives and a diet based on soy components that are also endocrine disruptors, textured vegetable protein, soybean oil, pushing the vegetarian diets based on soy protein. That's added, and soy lecithin, this is all added to most all American processed foods. If people start reading the label, you'll be shocked at the degree to which practically everything you buy that's processed is, is based on soy. Well, soy has been known since ancient China to be toxic, for example, to the thyroid, to ovaries, testicles. It actually is causes can cause high soy diets, can cause infertility and reproductive age, young men and women. And this has been a longstanding problem that began to be exposed in the 1980s. And I wrote about it in my book in the 1990s. So Lee. But, yes. We've uh, got to go to break in just a second. I think that one thing that people should take away, especially parents, is really pay attention if you want to become grandparents, really pay attention to how much soy is in the food you're feeding your children, especially your little boys. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. And with that, we're going to take a break. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud.
This is Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan continuing uh, with Dr. Lee Valit. You can find her work at uh, truthforhealth.org. And um, Lee, one of the things you uh, raised, it's a little bit off, but I think I'm going to learn something from, from this. You mentioned that uh, Margaret Sanger wanted to uh, reduce the population of veterans. Yeah, I didn't get that. I understand it either. Um, what is that about? Margaret Sanger saw soldiers as defective people, less desirable. And just as she saw American Indians and Negroes, and I'm using her words, I realize that we call um, them African-Americans or Blacks today, but I'm using her words, and mental defectives. She saw all of those groups of people as undesirable to carry on as part of human reproduction because she saw them as defective and, and less desirable. That There are many speeches where she talked about the fact that Soldiers were undesirable. I mean, this is these are outrageous, evil ideas. Yes, but and but she always, led the movement. She led the movement. Yes, and there's always that dual uh, dual explanation. There's the supposed explanation, which sounds positive, in regards to improving genetics or improving the lives of family through birth control and so forth and so on. That's the apparent explanation that is trotted out for fundraising and for PR purposes. And then there's the real intention underlying it that you have to look at the actual products of the group, the organization or the individual, not what they are saying they are, but what their product is. And the biggest product uh, of uh, Planned Parenthood is death of of little babies unborn uh, or the prevention of life to begin with. You're exactly right. In fact, there I looked into this um, in the uh, campaigns we were running in the 19 and the let's see 2013 to 16 time frame when the abortion on demand was becoming much more prevalent under the Obama administration and Planned Parenthood no longer offered routine pap smears and things that used to be called women's health. Their, their primary source of revenue was as an abortion mill and their fees for abortions are actually quite high. It's not a, it's not a, charitable endeavor whatsoever. They are raising millions of dollars. Most of their revenue comes from carrying out abortions and mostly in minority groups. It's a genocide of minority groups if you look at the statistics on it. And you can go to the world clock on numberofabortions.com. And that's like our debt clock shows real-time numbers changing as America goes more and more into debt. The real-time abortion clock is ticking away human life second by second. It's staggering and to look at that. But the other thing is that they have also, in the last 20 years, in violation of the Medical Practice Act, they've been raising, they've been bringing in large amounts of money selling 
baby body parts yes for research that is but you know dr bregan you and i were trained in medicine at a time when doctors followed medical practice guidelines properly and ethically more so than what we see today they were teaching the abortionist with planned parenthood ways of conducting the abortion to kill the baby in the womb enough that they could salvage the body parts. And this is a flagrant violation. It's a criminal violation. It's horrifying. The Medical Practice Act. It is horrifying. And there are undercover videos from Project Veritas back in 2014 and 2015 that are so horrific it almost made me sick to my stomach to listen to them. And, and I've scrubbed in on surgeries over, over my medical training enough that I wasn't someone who got sick at those sorts of things, Mm -hmm. but it, it was absolutely so evil. It was difficult to wrap my mind around the fact that human beings could actually do that to each other. I think one of the keys to all of this is whether or not you see human beings as sacred, as somehow having a value in their own right, and uh, of individuals having a value in their own right. And much of that viewpoint, of course, comes from the Judeo-Christian teachings and from the idea that we're made in God's image. They can also be seen very politically as well, because the the globalists who uh, have so much power and influence throughout our agencies and above our governments and so on, they are basically anti-individual. They do not want human beings to think they have a personal um, inherent uh, value that cannot be uh, taken from them. And this is a very, very important part of the uh, perhaps larger picture, or perhaps it's just the same picture, um, which is they want not only less of us and specifically certain groups of us, but they do not respect the value of any individual except perhaps themselves um, as having inherent value. And that's just a critical issue. It's a, It goes to Marxism and it goes to the uh, viewpoints that we see uh, occurring in, the, in China and North Korea and so on, uh, where n- there, nothing is held back in what you can do to people as a mass or people as individuals uh, thrown into the mass. So it's ultimately a c- anti-individualistic. It's also collectivistic. It is the destruction of human beings as having inherent worth. It's looking upon them as like kinds of animals, like a a, a herd of sheep or a a flock of cows or a flock of of birds or whatever. But you know, Ginge, it's even worse than that because these same people would treat their animals better that's right. And they would treat valuable stock as being valuable. Yeah, you're right. And they would not torture their animals. They would not mutilate their animals in particular. Right. In England, they 
passed uh, laws protecting animals before they passed laws protecting little children. Yeah, I, I think that's exact. That's exactly right. And so you have to say that to hold views like Margaret Sanger, and it'll be very interesting to see what Dr. Lee has to say about this, you actually have to hate humanity. It's not like you're indifferent to them. It's not like, oh, I'm just on plain calculus, we have too many people. Behind that is a hatred of either oneself or one's family or something that has uh, twisted you into hating humanity, mm-hmm. people. No, I think that's exactly right. And if we <clears throat> look at how the elites, and the, the elites do view themselves as better than all the rest of us, and they view us as chattel property to be treated and used as slaves or serfs. And in other words, the plan is to eliminate as many people as possible and then use the rest as slaves to serve the purposes of the elites. But let's look at how they built on Sanger's theories of eugenics. In the 1960s, there was a book by Paul Ehrlich called Population Bomb. And that was when you started seeing the beginning of this idea that the population worldwide was exploding and this was somehow bad and it was going to lead to uh, collapse of the planet. A flagrantly false theory, but that was this popular book in the 1960s that then led to the movement called Zero Population Growth, followed by 1974 when Henry Kissinger, who is has just as heinous ideas, and he's still alive today and still um, consulted on all of this, but Henry Kissinger prepared a classified document for the U.S. government called the Kissinger Report on World Population. That was 1974, and of course it was hidden from the public until it was finally declassified in 1989. We have that on our website at truthforhealth.org. And I did a, did a whole program on Henry Kissinger as the master puppeteer of the depopulation agenda. And people should go and read his classified report for the U.S. government. That set the stage for the continued depopulation movement, which then was added to in the 1970s and through the 1990s with contraceptive vaccine research spearheaded by our own government and by many of the pharmaceutical companies. They were designing vaccines to cause sterility between 1970 and 1990. And the WHO, World Health Organization, and Gavi, the Global Alliance for Vaccine Initiatives, uh, another Bill Gates initiative, launched the HCG tetanus toxoid vaccines in Africa that led to the sterilization of young women. And later, Gates and his organization developed vaccines that were unleashed in India and caused sterility of young women. And there are many resources and publications on all of this. So 
contraceptive, using vaccines to cause sterility is not a new concept. We know that the COVID vaccines are causing declining fertility in all of the Western countries where there is a high vaccination rate. But that began actually much earlier than that. Then in the 1990s, and this was all work that I was writing about at that time, in the 1990s, the United Kingdom National Health Service hospitals put into place something called the Liverpool Protocol that was, again, like Ginger, you said earlier, they presented as having a positive benefit. Mm -hmm. The Liverpool Protocol was presented to the public as we want to provide compassionate care at the end of life. What it was, was the prodrome for the COVID death protocol we saw in the hospitals the last three years. The Liverpool Protocol was accelerated euthanasia of elderly people and people with disabilities. And they used it to kill people in the hospitals in the National Health Service in England until that became exposed and went further underground. Then in 1993, Hillary Clinton was appointed by her husband, President Bill Clinton, to head up the secret healthcare task force in the United States. And their plan was to put in place medical rationing and total government control like Canada with no private medical care in the United States. It was all government controlled and rationed. Again, rationing the care for disabled and those that were deemed unworthy, going back to Sanger's principles. And then that task force was secret. We didn't learn about it until the details, until the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons later sued under the Freedom of Information Act to get access to the records. And that was when we learned that the plan was far more diabolical than anyone had been aware at the time. That was defeated ultimately by the insurance carriers and they stopped that at the time. But then in 1994, the Cairo-Egypt Population Accords, which again, most people today don't even realize this took place in 1994, 194 nations signed on to the depopulation, global depopulation agenda. And that all grows out of what was already started. In 1999, Ezekiel Emanuel, who later became Obama's chief White House health policy advisor for Obamacare and the architect of Obamacare, published his first paper on the Complete Live System, which was a new name. You see how they changed the names over time to hide their agenda. That was the new name for what had been the Liverpool Protocol and what was eugenics. But the complete live system on that theory, going to your point, Dr. Bregan, that individual lives were not important. His first paper said we should do away with the oath of Hippocrates, focus on the individual and carry on the collectivist goal of medical care based on what is good for society, for the collective. Again, it's a communist Marxist idea. So who is Ezekiel Emanuel? He's brother of Rahm Emanuel, who always said famously, never let a crisis go to waste. 
And he became in 20, 2009, after Obama was president, he became the chief health policy advisor for the Obama White House and the architect of Obamacare. But he was writing about rationing medical care for those over 50, let that sink in, over (laughs) age 50, his theory was you'd lived a complete life and you weren't worth providing medical care for any longer. And if you were younger than 15, you had not yet had a complete life and we shouldn't waste resources on people younger than age 15. So let that sink in too. And that brings us to the 2002 to 2003 SARS-CoV-1 outbreak, another leak from a lab in China, as we now know. That was more limited in spread, but that was the NIH research on effective antivirals that showed that chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine were potent treatments for SARS-CoV-1 That study was published in 2005 and then by 2020 with SARS-CoV-2 and the illness of COVID-19, that study was suppressed. Although I found it in February of 2020 and thought, hmm, that's interesting. Our own government published that research and did the research and they know the drugs work. So again, another depopulation effort to prevent treatment and push people into hospitals on toxic drugs and ventilators that cause more death. It was all part of the medical rationing, the depopulation agenda. We are at the uh, end of our second uh, portion. It Um, goes quickly. uh, Yes, it does. We are really tying together, you are tying together uh, some concepts without which the uh, world today cannot be understood because it is so key to the things that are so bad, we don't want to look at them. We will continue to look at them. And I also want to get into the uh, issue of constitutional democracy and what happens under constitutional democracy, which can oppose all of this. We'll take a break now. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
world-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Well, a wonderful audience. I think today has been incredibly enlightening. Lee, Lee, Dr. Lee, Lee's presentation um, has been extraordinary. We're going to continue with it. Um, it's the best explanation in detail of what's been going on that I've been privy to. It's an honor to know you, Dr. Lee, and uh, your website, truthforhealth.org, is a tremendous resource um one of the things i would like to um to introduce at this point is the the con the concept of constitutional democracy where instead of elites deciding for the people um, how they want to live <clears throat> the people get a much larger voice but are restricted by a bill of rights from taking advantage of each other and uh, having also the checks and balances, which hopefully can prevent the uh, elites of any particular kind from taking over. And what our founders intended with their Judeo-Christian background and their freedom orientation was that uh, individuals should be able to prosper in their own lives and not be used and abused by other people, including by a majority vote of the people, which is why this is America is not just a straight democracy, um, because even the large majority of people cannot abuse, take advantage of, exploit the uh, fewer numbers. There are restraints, there are protections for the individual. And interestingly, if you look at the way and until recently, constitutional democracies have functioned. It's hard to look now because I don't believe we've had a constitutional democracy in the U.S. Um, you know, for a long time now. It's uh, been gradually eroded as our founders feared and expressed fears about. Um, if you have a constitutional democracy, you don't have to worry about a population bomb. People prosper in constitutional democracies. And they tend, if anything, to uh, have too few children often because they are making very uh, sort of self-interested decisions for themselves in that regard. And they, they want a smaller family. So actually- And they know their children are going to survive. Oh, yes. That's so important. That's that's the core of it, that's I think. So I, I mean, you have two or three children, you know they're going that's to survive. So you don't need to have 10 so that- you'll have three left over by the time they're grown up. Ginger, that's very, very, very interesting. I actually had not considered that at, at all as part of the motivation. And as a woman, you would have yeah. a better idea about that. <laughs> yes. So when you, have a, when you have a constitutional democracy and you increase the freedom of individuals, the elite lose a lot of their power. The, the, the clear fact is that all we need basically to do to counteract this entire scenario 
that Dr. Vliet is so beautifully, if one can talk about this in terms of beauty, so accurately and pointedly presenting. So we have to fight for the refounding of America. We have to become again a leader of constitutional republics or democracies. And um, that will take care of uh, of war uh, because constitutional democracies do not fight each other. It will take care of the population issues. And as we've all seen from the rise of, of Western civilization, uh, the constitutional democracies improve the quality of life of everybody. Now, they're not perfect. Uh, hum- human nature does not allow for perfection on Earth. But this works. So it's not like we don't know what to do next. We need to continue to to fight for free elections in this country, for for real, true elections, and for the uh, refunctioning and getting going again of Western civilization and constitutional democracies. I want to put that in. That's the work we have to do. And these folks know that on some level, because they are fighting the constitutional democracies and want to maintain their elitism. Ginger? Well, I think think that's a really important point, Dr. Bregan, because the undermining of the constitutional Republic of the U.S. and the constitutional democracies in other countries is exactly what has been systematically done in some of these other connections in the depopulation agenda that tie into what you just said, because in 2005, I mean, we talked about what happened in 2002 to 2003, but in 2005, the International Health Regulatory Agreement was signed by 196 nations who all agreed to cede authority to the World Health Organization to dictate world response to any designated, quote, public health emergency of international concern, end quote. That's a legal term that in when they use that term, as Tedros did in March of 2020, that triggers the implementation of the 2005 International Health Regulatory Agreement that usurps constitutional democracies, sovereign nations, globally and puts unelected bureaucrats at the World Health Organization in control of the entire public health response, public health measures, medications allowed to be used, medical delivery, who gets what care, and all of that. And there has been very little public attention to the importance of this 2005 International Health Regulatory Agreement setting the stage for the very high death rate we're seeing today. And following... uh, Let me add, Lee, they want more. And um, the World Health Organization working with the Biden administration is trying to actually further revise the health regulations of the WHO to really, um, and also to make treaties with individual countries like the United States or any other country that will do it to further empower who to take over. And now on top of that, quite recently, 
the uh, head of the UN itself, which who is an agency, has said that the UN itself now needs to become empowered as the final authority in any kind of world emergency. Ah, so a little they, competition there uh, amongst the elite. Among the, <laughs> so this is getting uh, been totally ignored. I mean, what I just told folks is a disa- real disaster. And this UN reaching for power um, is, um, it's terrifying, not because the UN itself is so powerful, but the UN is under the control mostly of the Chinese communists. And then well, also exactly to some right. extent, and, yeah, some extent. And the, the global Western elites. Power. Yes, right. some is at the Western elite. So we are really facing a growing, growing crisis right now. I'm glad. Well, that, in the World so Health Organization, new language is <clears throat> removing the focus on human rights as a core tenant. So all the way around, everything you just said about WHO and the UN are serious threats to human life and our freedom worldwide. Now, I want to bring up a two other, several other things that happened all in 2009. Remember, that's when Obama was installed as president. And we can now, I would encourage people to read the book, The Manchurian President by Podhertz, because that outlines how that individual was prepared for that role beyond the scope today. But in 2009, in January inauguration, February, you may remember the economic crash that hit in the fall of 2008. In February 2009, the TARP legislation was passed, Trouble Assets Relief Program. Hidden, which most Americans to this day do not know, hidden in that massive financial legislation, which could not have been written in one month after Obama took office, was clearly already in the works. But what they did in the financial legislation was to hide the first twin tracks of healthcare control. Number one, health information technology. The government took ownership of all of our medical records that previously were owned by the patient. And doctors were the custodian, and hospitals were the custodian of medical records. They were patients' property. February 2009, the government took ownership in the medical records control with health information technology and the requirement for the electronic medical records across the country. The second track in 2009 that led to the controls and rationing we see today was the establishment of the Independent Payment Advisory Board for Medicare and Medicaid. Now, Sarah Palin later called that the death panels. She was correct but skewered in the media for for using that term. And later people said, well, the death panels weren't in Obamacare. No, they were not in the 2010 healthcare law. They'd already passed it in 2009. Mm. And that was in place. Those two controls of healthcare were in place as measures they did in case the 2010 Obamacare did not pass. And those 
controls are what led to all of the damage we saw in the last three years in COVID with doctors' practices owned by big health systems, electronic medical records, suppressing treatment, and forcing patients into these death protocols in the hospitals. Also in 2009, Ezekiel Emanuel published a new version of the Complete Live system and led the cuts of billions of dollars from Medicare to serve the elderly. That was part of the beginning of the rationing and reducing the elderly population. Also in 2009, studies published in the pharmaceutical research journals, these obscure journals on drug development that doctors typically don't see and the public certainly doesn't, they confirmed that the lipid nanoparticle technology for the mRNA shots damaged the ovaries and testicles of every animal species studied. They went ahead with that technology for the COVID shots, knowing from 2009 forward that those shots would lead to infertility in men and women. Let that sink in. And then it was 2010 that Obamacare was passed with full Democrat control of Congress, House and Senate, and the presidency. Not a single Republican vote. And Obamacare control led to the consolidation and corporatization of medicine that has caused all of the deaths under the COVID protocols that corporate medicine, big medicine, big pharma, big government, big tech, all put into place, causing so many deaths of Americans during COVID. And, and that it gets us into the years from 2011 through 2016 under the Obama administration, when we actually had a planned border surge across the southern border that was that the money for was put into the budget in fiscal year 2011 for a border surge from Central American and other illegals coming across our border that occurred in 2014. And I was writing about it at the time and bringing in diseases that had been eradicated in the United States, again, causing death and destruction in America because the illegals were not screened as legal immigrants are. And that was 2014, people may not remember, that was the year that a mysterious respiratory illness broke out in major cities across America and killing young children. And no one realized what was happening, but it was later traced to a a Central American virus that was brought in in the human carriers coming across our border in 2014, 2013, 2014, and that surge of illegals. What we were tracking in Tucson until a flight tracker shut it down to get information, we were tracking the chartered flights leaving Tucson International Airport between midnight and 2 a.m. 
on nonstop flights from the border into major cities in America. And the passenger loads, they were full planes because that information was available until all of us started reporting on it and they shut down access to the information. But when we looked back at where those respiratory viruses broke out, they were some of the same big cities that had these nonstop flights from the Tucson sector border on these chartered flights that the government was paying for. So there there have been very ominous things going on, causing known deaths. And I haven't even talked about the yeah, fentanyl yeah. flood. We have a, we're going to we have to finish up now, Lee. Um, I want to formally invite you back in the next uh, few weeks. You bet. We'll figure out a time. And um, I want to actually pick up when you come back with the time you have just covered, which has in it a lot of information, which I did not have. And I know that you are just impeccably uh, devoted to science and and truth and that everything you're saying is backup. And I want to just begin again with some of this more recent stuff, which is very stunning. I'd like to hear more more about this, the lipid nanoparticles and where it where it was said that that they, you know, where it was made obvious that they they knew that this was the danger. This is totally consistent with everything else I've studied about all this, which is that there are no mistakes. These people know how damaging their so-called treatments are. They knew how they knew the vaccines were were so uh, bad they shouldn't even be tried on human beings unless you wanted to destroy them and their fertility. So <clears throat> uh, everything I know uh, confirms what you are saying today so well but I didn't know the details of what you're saying about the Obama administration, for example. So we, we want to have you back. And um, how do people get a hold of you, Lee? Just go to truthforhealth.org and uh, will they be able to get in touch with you? Yes, truthforhealth.org. You're an amazing person and a, such a contributor to truth in the world today. Thank, Thank you, you, Dr. Fleet. Thank you so much. It's my honor and privilege to be colleagues in this fight to to expose the lies and deceptions and help save lives. Ginger and Dr. Bregan, the two of you are inspirational and courageous in the face of all of the adversity you've personally experienced in the attacks on you. And I'm honored to be among your friends and colleagues helping to support your work as well. Thank you, and thank you, our marvelous audience, for taking seriously such serious matters. Goodbye now from Peter and Gingerbread.